rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Welcome to hell. Good evening. I'm back. YouTube has done nothing for me. I just got an email from Facebook. That Facebook released their claim on my video. Well, CBS Live Events has accepted your dispute and released my video, but too late. Oh, well. What about YouTube? YouTube, in case you're just catching up, we were having a Democratic debate watch party. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. And in the middle of the watch party, the watch party went down, the stream went down, and then I thought that the I thought that my internet had messed up and then I restarted the stream and in about five minutes the stream went down again and I was locked out of YouTube because I had committed the community offense of violating CBS's copyright to the Democratic debate but hey this is the United States of serfs and lords of course what the f-, f was I thinking trying to participate in democratic discourse? Here I am, silly, silly old me, thinking that we had a say in the representatives and that it was important for the sheeple to get together and discuss who might possibly represent us in the wine caves of power. But... Not according to CBS and then and YouTube. But the thing is, we, well, not me, 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 not we, me, myself, and I, we submitted a dispute against YouTube saying, hey, we, we think you did this erroneously. We, meaning me, myself, and I. And um, they, they rejected my dispute, so my channel remains on a precipice so you don't know we don't know what will happen maybe youtube will come in and pull the plug because i don't know we say something i violate community standards somehow like thinking that we're free you know what i mean we know we're not free i should know this i'm not free we're not free in this country unless we're free uh, and what's freedom we're free to choose what, uh, you know, to shut our mouths and to slide by in life and hope that we, we fly under the radar enough that our masters don't come in and smush us. Because you know what happens. The one who sticks their head up gets, gets shot. They, we get our head shot off. But I don't understand how we allowed, how we allow this to continue. I, I understand there's no... We don't have a constitutional right to broadcast on YouTube, but really, a community standard violation and a any uh, suspension for committing the crime of participating in a democratic debate, watching the democratic debate. You're not supposed to care, though. That's a, this is the message. Don't you get it? I'm so. It's, it's so clear now that 
I've been saying this for how long? This is what we are up against. I say this constantly. We get the validation constantly. Of course, YouTube and CBS own. They own us. It's not, and it's just, that's just emblematic of the bigger picture. This country is owned, okay? It is owned by the big moneyed interest. Exactly what FDR warned us about when the Democratic Party used to stand for something. Remember when the Democratic Party was the party of the people for that short period of time? See, because it always matters who you have at the top of your, of your, who's your standard bearer. That's what matters. The fish rots from the head down. That's why Twitler, squatting in the White House, reflect, is a bad reflection on us all. But it's not us, you see. We're just unfortunate people, unfortunate enough to have been born. Um, I mean, personally, I was 500 miles. I could have been born 500 miles away from universal health care. I was born on the wrong side of the border. You know, instead of in Canada, I had to be born here in New York. Is that 500 miles? I don't know how many miles. I can't get out of the tri-state area because I'm working. You know, not like our, not like Claire McCaskill, who's on MSNBC dancing in the end zone. I haven't seen her this giddy since somebody, she denied somebody health care, since she compromised with a Republican to, to uh, you know, kick people off of Medicaid or something in her state. You know, until she tried to pass another Republican bill. I haven't seen her this, this, uh, so, uh, so full of life. Unfortunately, many of our fellow Americans aren't full of life because they're needlessly dead. They have died because they don't have health care. Or, you know, a lot of people dying these days from despair, death by despair. What does that mean? Oh, you're, you're death by addiction. You die of suicide, depression. You take your own life, whatever the hell. Living in this kiss-up, kick-down oligarchy. Oh, but don't say oligarchy because that's, that's too true. Oh, here, come on, baby. Here comes my baby. What? Where you been? Get over here. Get over here. He's sitting over there right on the corner. Come here. Get here. People want to see you. Stop. Don't slow down the flow of the show, Dara Jr. Jr. Say hello. (laughs) Hello. He doesn't know that there's something called a Claire McCaskill out there making the world safe for oligarchy and, and that Skeletor... That bag of bones, Jim James Carville? Holy moly. They're so full of life. How come I don't see them this motivated to stop the rapacious income disparity and upward immobility? Oh, now he wants to jump down. I'm sorry. Make up your mind, buddy. They don't seem as motivated to, to ensure that Everyone has a, uh, a living wage, health care, retirement security. They don't seem 
that motivated, this passionate. I've never seen such passion from Democrats. It's amazing. Unfortunately, you know, I consider myself a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. I'm a registered Democrat. I'm here in New York. In order to participate in the Democratic primary, I registered as a Democrat. You can't, it's a closed primary here. And yeah, I live in New York, so it's a pretty liberal state. And until Bloomberg or oligarchs come in and buy, buy politicians, they grease wheels, they they fund pet projects of Democrats. This is this is where we live. This system is corrupt, and it's not us. We're not. I mean, like I was saying, the fish rots from the head down. Twitler is the symptom of the problem he didn't come here and destroy it all they set the table for him they welcome him to the table the democratic party establishment and i'm sorry people you know i have to fix this microphone here um let's see i'm pissed because of course we knew this was going to happen they're not going down without a fight they didn't come this far they didn't buy up all the the uh, you know all the uh, media in this country not to put it to good use, but it just goes to show you that everything we've been saying for how long is exactly the truth. The Democratic Party is part of the problem. I've been saying this for years, even when Obama was the president, and. I remember saying um, at actually one of the Malloy gatherings and talking to Sam Cedar, and we will be having another Malloy gathering, speaking of, I'm trying to find the text here, on in May, sometime in May. It's going to be a Saturday, so I'll probably do a show on Friday. And la la li lulu. So if you're in the New York City area, on it'll probably be. It's not nothing is set in stone yet, but it will be Saturday, May twenty third. We're gonna get together. Mac Malloy is coming here, and we'll have some progressive voices, other progressive voices, people, probably Sam Cedar, and also maybe I don't know, maybe Randy Rhodes, maybe me. I'll be there. Me. Who cares, though, right? I'm a nobody. But I'd like to see somebody. Maybe somebody will, uh, I don't know, help us out here. Help a, help a fellow progressive out, if you're really a progressive. We know the story. I don't want to start telling you more stories out of school. But you know my, my little complaint about so-called progressives. There are some progressives who aren't really progressives and they are they have giant platforms and they're not progressives and it's not just me saying that it's everybody and they um they don't help another progressive because they don't care you know what i mean they got theirs and that's it i'm not talking about tom hartman either you can narrow it down you probably know who i'm talking about i will never neither confirm nor deny but it is the truth. So that's, but that's the Democratic Party today. I guess that's really what it is in a nutshell. What is the Democratic Party? 
What does it stand for? This is what I keep asking people. What is it? What? Please, somebody tell me. Does anybody on the chat know what the Democratic Party stands for? Because I can't figure it out. Uh, to me, it looks like they are Republicans. They are sane Republicans. Because they look at a country that 30 years ago was the most, well, now it's 30, it's probably 40. I've been saying this for 30 years. So 40 years ago, it was um, the most upwardly mobile with the slightest income gap of all of our Western partners. Now it's the, it's the least upwardly mobile. We have Americans, 85 million Americans have absolutely no health insurance or are underinsured people go bankrupt because they get sick we live in this gig economy we where corporations are doing great the stock market is through the roof but the gains of our productivity the productivity that we make possible that that funnels into the pockets of the people like bloomberg who say things like i bought that Oh, I mean, I got that. Speaking about a a, a politician, I bought that. I bought that. I mean, I got that. You know, he caught himself. They think that uh, they they see that kind of system, and they don't get get as frantic as they do about somebody who steps in and tells the truth and says. We want to do something about this. We are, a, a, we are people who will leave no one behind. It's not okay that one-third of the American people can't retire. It's not okay. How is that a successful representative government? And I'm sick of, I'm telling you, believe me, I'm tired. It's up to my my my, I don't know, what, what is this? My forehead and beyond. It's up to my aura, my whatever. I cannot stand listening to Joe Biden go on anymore, screaming. I know I scream. I'm sorry. I try. But I'm not, I'm not, uh, what's he screaming about? Get up! We're American. He gets this vacant thousand-mile stare. He looks like, I'm not kidding, my father when he was in the midst of Alzheimer's, when he was sundowning, and he'd get, he, he'd get angry. That's what Joe Biden reminds me of. I hate to say it. There is some cognitive decline there, in my professional opinion. And he, uh, I, I'm, I'm just tired of him screaming... Get up! We could do anything! We're Americans! Except! We could do anything except! Except! Universal healthcare! We can do anything except get the profit motive off of our sicknesses! S- get those effing rapacious racketed ghouls out of our doctor's office! Who get rich denying care! We can do anything! Except not suck secret billionaire-funded money, or whatever, same thing, billionaire-funded, you know what I'm saying, not suck billionaire ass in a wine cave. We could do anything, but have a party of the people, 
of the true people. If you're living in a country, if you're a representative, and you think it's okay to get up on the floor of wherever the hell you're speaking and talk about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, well, you're sending our American, our fellow Americans to die for a lie for the past 20 years, again and again, and then, then go and, and tell us all while we're spiraling down further, lower on the ladder, where the American people are working check to check. That's not success. And you're telling us, no, no, it's too much. It's too pie in the sky. But we could do anything but that. We could do anything. Get up, Americans. Get up. We're good. We're Americans. Get up. Don't you feel motivated? When I watch that, I want to vomit. We can do anything. It's so insincere because in one breath we say, well, we can do anything. Really? Except fix what's broken. Except the fix the problems that gave us Twitler. He didn't come here overnight. He didn't get here uh, overnight. They laid the groundwork. They seeded it. It's, they were the farmers who looked out on the field of the great prosperity and said, this isn't working for us. And what did they do? The plebs were too damn uppity. So the Democratic Party, instead of taking Harry Truman's advice and running as Democrats and not turning their back on the New Deal as they did, they followed Reagan down the trickle-down uh, highway, uh, the, the highway to trickle-down hell, and here we are. So this is why. How does a so-called party of the people lose the people? They lose. Yeah, I, don't, I, I really don't understand how, how I, I guess I don't, I don't know. This is like therapy. I'm working it out. This is, I was even talking to my shrink the other day, and I was losing it. But um, why, uh, the, why black people vote for Joe Biden? Because he's Obama's friend? Obama was, okay, he was the first African-American president, but he was a, he was a goddamn Republican, too. He... His policies helped Twitler become a reality. They seeded the ground for fascists. And I'm sorry if there are Democrats on this channel, on this feed, who are like, oh, no, um, you're a circular firing squad. Well, how, how will we ever fix what's broken? I don't give a shit about the Democratic Party as much as I care about my fellow Americans who are needlessly dying, who can't retire who are killing themselves because of death by despair. You should be, and you should too, about this effing Democratic Party. I want to vote for a real Democrat. This is the other thing that Joe Biden said the other day. I'm a real Democrat. I'm so confused. What the hell does that mean? What does it mean? Can somebody please explain that to me? What is a Democrat? What do they stand for? I don't know. Is it kinder, gentler fascism? You know, because I see the Democratic Party 
I see them and their media establishment mouthpieces all in a confederacy against the uppity plebs. And the younger generation, they just basically pulled their, pulled their shit again. You know, if only, uh, really, if the Democratic Party was so clever, then, like, why do we have a Twitler? The fact is, they, they set us up again for a repeat of 2016. In my opinion... Joe Biden is the weakest candidate. If they were going to consolidate around a corporate lickspittle, then they could have picked somebody that had a shot. Because all of those states that Hillary lost are where Joe Biden is weak because of his, no, his NAFTA and CAFTA sending jobs overseas. His full-throated endorsement of... Uh, you know, of Republican policies, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I don't know. Ed, Ed the first on the chat says, like who? I have no idea. Not even, all of them make me sick now. Honestly, Buttigieg, um, Beto, give me a break. Because Buttigieg and Beto, they'll be fine. And it's like, to me, when I'm watching them, it, they remind me of, some uh, like Joel Olstein or any one of these televangelists, what are they peddling? They're just pulling at, uh, they're, they're peddling bullshit again because they're not really fighting for what needs to be done. This country is, is uh, hanging by a threat. The, the, the grand experiment is on life support. It's not even, I mean, I, I guess that's being generous. What is fascism? Like FDR said, right? Let's see. Hold on. I'm trying to find my Twitter feed. Because some all fucking day I'm on Twitter looking at watching the Stockholm Syndrome suffering wing of the Democratic Party beg for their uh, subjugation some more and beg for another a second term of Twitler. This is what they're doing. Because if you thought Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi was tedious, wait till you hear Barisma, Barisma, Barisma for the next how, however many months. This, uh, I mean, I, I, what is a superdelegate? Somebody on, the, on my Twitter feed, some, this, I don't know why I even get involved with, with dumb fuckers who tw- tweet at me. But it's only because I'm hanging by uh, my, on my last nerve here. So, you know, these older white people constantly, uh, they attack me on Twitter a bit before for, for pointing out things like this quote, for example, the liberty of a democracy is not safe if the people tolerate the growth of private power to a point where it comes stronger, where it becomes stronger than their democratic state itself. That, in its essence, is fascism. Ownership of government by an individual or by a group. Who said that? What radical socialist said that? That was FDR. So... 
The now I'm getting uh, tweeted. These people are tweeting me about Bernie. Oh, well, Bernie wanted superdelegates to, um, you know, so I don't even know what the whole argument is about the stupid superdelegates. The fact is Bernie didn't want superdelegates at all. They had a unity commission and whatever that meant, there is no unity because it's all about keeping the plebs in their place. That's it. What are they going to do? Throw a subsidy at this, this rapacious income disparity that's worse, that's more egregious than in ancient Rome? That's what we're dealing with. I'm sick of it. So anyway, this lady tweeted at me. Oh, uh, you know, crazy. You're crazy. 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 I'm crazy. I'm crazy, right? But, but not the ones who are hitting themselves in the head with a hammer, expecting, I don't know, what? Expecting, um, oops, sorry, Tara Jr., democracy to come fa- falling, trickling down? What is a superdelegate? A superdelegate, what is that? Somebody who's, uh, it's just a super-duper extra-large helping of democracy? Where they, oh, well, th- thank you for being so so generous to us, superdelegates, because well, I'm only one person, and you're like 10,000 people all rolled up into one amazing ball of knowing what's best for us. So when we're here begging for, uh, you know, living wages and to goddamn retire in this blip of time that we have on this planet that we're sharing. But, you know, pay no attention to the, the secret meetings with billionaires in wine caves and that 99.9% of the economic gains go to the top 1% and Americans living check to check and dying without health care or the sickening fact of going on, uh, wait till Cash App Friday and beg, oh, my, my husband has diabetes and I just lost my job and can you help us Cash App? It's disgusting. So this lady is like, oh, you're embarrassing yourself, lady. You crazy lady. Like how many times she has to call me crazy? It's not even about being called names. But it's like, do you see what is right in front of your effing face? Is it normal that we live in a country where people can't retire? Is that okay for you? That's in other countries, in the Scandinavian countries, that's called a failure. That's a failure of leadership. Where you can't earn a living wage, where the CEO earns 400 times the, the, the wealth of the lowest worker when he used to be 50? Is that because we're, we're lazy here in the United States of service and law? It's just us. We're not working hard enough. You got to get out and get your side hustle on. Because that's that that's the new the new bullshit. The other day I saw on Morning Joe which I I want to vomit. It's nothing but a propaganda racket for the for the billionaire class. It's no doubt. Oligarchy has the kinder, gentler oligarchy 
is uh, on display all day on MSNBC, and it's a disgrace. It really is. But Joe, Bi- Joe Biden, I mean, uh, Joe Scarborough was saying, hey, we're, we're Americans, he was saying. We, we don't, we're not like those French or those Europeans or the English or the Germans. We, we, we like working. We like, you know, we're not like those French who get to have a vacation. We're not like those English who get, no matter what, you have 30 days of paid vacation. That's mandated by the government. That's whether you're uh, sweeping the floors or driving an Uber. You know, oh, we're not like them. We, we're driven. This is what he says. We are driven here in the United States. What the hell does he know? You're goddamn right we're driven. It, into the ground. We're driven like the slaves and indentured servants. We're driven like Stockholm suffering syndrome suffering dupes who beg for a trickle in a wine cave. What is the difference? We have our own class of, of sheeple who look at the Democratic Party the same way that the, the Republicans look at their, their lord and savior, Twitler. They're looking, we, we look at the Republicans and we say they're delusional. Don't they see what's right in front of their faces? This, this con man, this, this dictator envying disgrace, this serial bankrupt tax cheating, draft dodging, se- sexual predator with a fake university and a vitamin scam who receive fewer votes, a grifter, a bankrupt a, a moron who can't spell? We see, don't they see that? But then you have the class of the, of the insiders here, the ones who are cheering. They're cheering for Pete Buttigieg because he speaks five languages. And, you know, they like Joe Biden. For, I don't know why, because they've been told on Morning Joe for the past however long, it's an incessant, non-stop drumbeat of anti-Bernie propaganda, non-stop. And Joe Biden can do no wrong there. Even when he's, he's being charged with touching people without their permission, that you got Morning Mika coming to his rescue console. Oh, it's, there aren't we snowflakes. Meanwhile, you know, know your value. I guess you shouldn't know your value when some old man is smelling your hair and kissing the back of your neck. But I look at the, the, the same delusional, I don't know what, serfs, dupes. I call the, right, the right-wingers dupes. But then we had our own brand of dupes here on our side who are pining for our oppressors, who think it's okay to go have a secret meeting in a wine cave while their fellow Americans are sitting on GoFundMe trying to come up with a catchy jingle so their kid can get a fucking eye surgery and hope it goes viral. This is a disgrace. And honestly, I watched watched the returns. I listened to... The idiots on Twitter. I listened to Claire McCaskill, uh, all the the corporate the corporate owned insiders, the elites, the and their cheerleaders, who I don't know what the hell is wrong with them. And I say we get 
the government we deserve. And that's exactly by design, though. It's almost like the, it, it's, it, it's exactly what they had planned coming to fruition when, they, when, when uh, Bill Clinton was signing the, the Telecommunications Act. Of course. This is their, um, you know, it's their media. They own it. They're not going to use it to help the American people consolidate their power and understand that we're in it together, that it's not just about having somebody who could speak five languages, that the purpose of a representative is not just to suck and siphon money into into their billionaire benefactor's coffers. It's to ensure a functioning civilization that works for all. And when we're leaving people behind, that means we're leaving everyone behind. We're all left behind. Even the morons tweeting at me, this dumb bitch on, on Twitter saying, oh, superdelegates. She, she tweets an article at me from 2016 about superdelegates, which is completely beyond its, its sell-by date since the entire superdelegate thing has been revamped. Only on the second vote now. But at the time saying, oh, well, Bernie, like this morning on Morning Joe, Morning Mika was going like, oh, well, Bernie's upset now that Elizabeth Warren is saying that she's going to stay in till the convention. But isn't that what Bernie said in 2016, that he was going to stay in till the convention? (laughs) Like the snark dripping from her quaffed her well-coiffed, uh, whatever, her, her, her manicured-to-death m- mouth. And, um, you know, a little differences, though, of course, Morning Mika, is that um, Bernie was actually winning states. And superdelegates were taking the vote away from him in those states and voting for Hillary because it was her turn. And here they are doing it to us again. Because we know that Hillary received more votes, but guess what? Not in the places it counted. Not in those places that used to be called the manufacturing belt, but are now called the rust belt thanks to policies that Joe Biden championed and cheerleaded for. So wait till they get a hold of him there. And they don't forget. That's where Hillary had her weakness. So they got to do it to us again. Because here's the problem. It's wonderful when they say, oh, well, the Democratic Party is like a club. And we pick our own, uh, our, our candidates. We pick as, as you know, this is what they're saying. The cat's out of the bag. You're just going to the pantomime of democracy. Ultimately, the rich, the big moneyed interests, the ones funding in the you know Pete Buttigieg in the wine cave, they're the ones who are going to pick the nominee, and it's not going to be somebody who gets up and says everybody has a right to health care. That's for goddamn sure, because they got to get paid. Don't worry, they got health care. Biden has health care. Don't worry about it. They're fine. They. Oh, the, if, they, if he's a real champion of the people, you know, wh- how come 
I mean, I can't even go on. How come A, B, C, D, I mean, the best thing he's got is he's not Trump. Well, that's not going to motivate an entire, uh, the, the base, let's put it that way. Because what, they, what the Democratic Party just did was turn its back on the base. Again, shut up. Get, just shut your mouth and take your trickle. Don't you understand? This is about power. It's not about democracy. Power to the people. <laughs> you got to be smoking something. Power to the people. If, as long as those people know their place. So, um, I, I don't... Uh, anyway, let, let me play something interesting. <sighs> Look, I'm all red. Oh, God. So, anyway, what was I going to say before I... I, The thought went out of my head. But it's uh, because I I look at the Democrats who are cheering for... For for the... I mean, what a mistake. Am I wrong? I hope I'm wrong. This is the other thing. Somebody today was annoyed with me, someone I know who is a Democrat, quote-unquote. And I wonder, I ask him, what does that mean? You know, he hates Trump. I understand that. Who doesn't? We all hate him. He's a threat. He's a threat to civilization. So is the Republican Party. But is that what's going to win? As Harry Truman said, if you, if the voter has a choice between a Republican or a Democrat who acts like a Republican, they will pick the genuine article every time. So we've been listening to corporate media for how long go on and on and on about how great the economy is. It's so great when you're living in a wine cave. Well, I don't know if they live there, but, you know, I wouldn't mind. And so, but it's, uh, they're part of the problem. They are helping Trump catapult the propaganda about just how great he is. So why? What, you think they're going to care? They're, they really, these people that voted for Obama twice because he promised change. Change we can believe in. And then they went to Twitler because, that. funny enough, when you're voting for your oppressors, when you're voting for people who are sent to Washington on the dime and the backs of the billionaires who own this government and own everything, they own it. It's fascism, just like FDR said. The liberty of a democracy is not safe and the people tolerate the growth of private power to the point where it comes, becomes stronger than the democratic state itself. What do you think it means when you have politicians who don't want to upset their, their benefactors? We need Medicare for all. They know it. We know it. The world knows it. But they... They go on whatever platform they can get their little greedy mouths in front of and espouse the talking points. Keeping people divided. They don't give a shit who's dying, who's cutting insulin in half. We have young people. There was, I just saw some story about some young man who, ha- who was diabetic. And he died because he was cutting his insulin in half. This is America. Because they didn't have the money. 
But that's okay. That's okay. As long as, you know, we'll move heaven and earth to start a war of corporate aggression somewhere based on lies. But here's something that uh, John Meacham, the historian, he had an interesting take on it this morning. You can talk about Tennessee specifically if you want, but more broadly, what's going on in the South right now, the mood of the South? It's, I think, the, the hope of defeating President Trump lies with getting, and I don't know what the percentage is, Kornacki's forgotten more about this than, than I know or than any of us know, but you need a certain percentage of people who simply would not vote for Secretary Clinton for a variety of reasons, fair or unfair, uh, to come back to the Democratic Party or Republicans who were Republicans in a pre-Trump world. Part of what's happening, I think, but I think all of us know in terms of common sense, and I know lots of people here uh, in Tennessee who are not liberal Democrats, to say the least. When I say I have conservative friends in Tennessee, that's redundant, right? I mean, demographically, you have to. Uh, there's no other choice. And yet, they they have until the last 10 days or so they loved the way the Dow was going uh, they were fine with the judges they don't like yeah. uh, the unconstitutional Ukrainian uh, campaign backroom deals they hate the way the president speaks they hate yeah. the way he behaves they, they need the same policies they just don't like the chaos well, I'll let him continue. But in the absence of a compelling and, dare I say it, safe alternative, yeah. they were going to yeah. end up voting again that. for this guy. Of course. Biden, and I, I know this is true in the Upper South, Biden is the one figure here who might get 10, 12, 15 percent of what I would think of as Bush, McCain, Romney Republicans to say, I'm going to vote across the aisle. Because let's be honest, Joe Biden right now looks a lot more like a Bush, a McCain, or a Romney than anybody else on the stage, which is kind of a remarkable yeah. thing. Is it remarkable? Or is it pathetic? Is it the losing strategy? Yeah, of course you will have people who will vote for Biden. I will probably vote for him unless, you know, obviously if Bernie's the the nominee it's not over yet because here's the other thing biden is a horrible candidate can't we lest we forget that this is his third bite at the apple and he's phased out and flamed out every single time he's he's a terrible politician well i mean the other thing that he has going for him is that for some reason people they like him he's uncle joe he doesn't have that visceral hate as Hillary has, but give him time. Give Trump time and the Republican Party. Don't worry about it. They're working on it. But you, you're tired of, uh, of, of Benghazi. Wait for Burisma. Hunter Biden. It's going to be, we're going to hear Hunter Biden in our sleep, in our nightmares. And guess what? It's, he's correct. It is I mean, if we're critical of of Twitter and his and his disgusting, undeserving heirs getting cushy jobs all over the globe, thanks for thanks to their their disgusting father. All right, Junior, get down. Um, 
but why is why wouldn't we be critical of Hunter Biden, of Joe Biden, giving his getting his son or this is the way it runs. It's the same thing. What happened in another sense to my channel when I was telling you about well, we got shut down and then they they upheld the community standards violation. But and a few years ago when they took a video of Dennis Kucinich of Mike Malloy interviewing Dennis Kucinich. They took it down saying it was a violation of community standards. And then they upheld the violation of community standards after manual review, so so to speak, or so supposedly. And they only put it back up when I got the press secretary of Dennis, the Dennis Kucinich's press secretary to contact them. So there you go. They, I had somebody to go in and fight for me, somebody powerful, not me. Some, I'm, the, I, I'm just the bug that gets squashed. They, you need somebody that has class. This is the way it works. What is the difference between this kind of system and what happens in Ukraine? That's where it's going, where you got to grease wheels and put, uh, you know, under the table, one hand washes the other. Different rules for different people. You know, administering justice equally, that's the dream. That's what a functioning democracy looks like, but not here. Here in the United States of serfs and lords, there's different rules for different people depending on class. We are the most class-based system, but we're in denial about it. Here in the United States of serfs and lords, if you are born poor, you are more likely to remain poor than you are in all our other Western partners in the countries that have queens. Worse than England, we are. And they got an effing queen sitting on a throne. This meritocracy, we, we played that CBS video a few weeks ago of how people, they think, they think the pie is distributed when they're completely off base, where the entire pie goes to the 1%. And we get, the, we get half of a slice to share amongst the working class and the middle class, and then you get the, the poor the wor- and the working poor. What, is the, what, what kind of a system that has a class called the working poor? What kind of a democracy has a class uh, that's called the working poor. Not one that's functioning. It's not a functioning democracy, Claire McCaskill. And you should be ashamed of yourself, Claire, for being a mouthpiece, for using your power to stop the necessary changes that will save not just American lives, but America itself. And they should be ashamed and Joe Biden, I'm sorry. He's not the best candidate to go up against Trump. Bernie is. Despite all of the corporate media propaganda, the incessant beating on him, the incessant negative press that he gets from the elites, thank you, Bill Clinton, for consolidating media. Because if, if, what, if we did not have a consolidated corporate media, we wouldn't be enduring this. We would have the fairness doctrine. We would have 
a wide berth of, of media outlets to choose from. Not just six giant transnational corporations who own everything. And they also have cross-ownership. Well, you'll have, they'll own the media, and they'll own not just newspapers and radio, they'll also own, uh, they'll have stake, stock in pharmaceutical or stake in a pharmaceutical company or a weapons manufacturer. That's not democracy. That's not good for democracy. Oh, we're not going to undo capitalism, as Bloomberg said. It's, this is where we're suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. The American people are dumb. They're stupid. And maybe we're getting what we deserve. We get what we deserve. When you're cheering for politicians who are making backroom deals to undermine the only politician that will, that vows, that works to leave no one behind. The only politician who's not funded by secret meetings in wine caves. How dare the Democratic Party undermine that when they should be embracing it? They should be the champions of that. But don't you see what we're up against? This is the scales had fallen from our eyes again, yet again. <sighs> What was I saying? See, I go into a blackout. I wish I was in a blackout. You know what I mean? Um, here's a good a good story. Errol Graham weighed four and a half stone when he died. The fifty-seven. This is from the Guardian, written by Francis Ryan. The 57-year-old who had severe social anxiety. Oh, wait, what is this? Am I in the, I'm reading the wrong article. I thought I was reading the article about... I'm reading an English article. The guy who cut his insulin in half. Is that the guy? Let's see. Hold on, hold on. And died. Man dies. Man dies rationing insulin. Hold on, guys. In the meantime, you think about being a patron. Okay? Don't think about it. Just do it. Why are you thinking about it? We're up against everything. And you know what? If we don't have each other, if this show goes away, that's one less show to stand up to the transnational corporate oligarchy. And that's exactly what we're up against. Let me see. Here it is. Utah man's son dies while rationing insulin. All right, Junior. Relax, honey. He's, he's pushing the mic away from my face. He probably has the right idea. A bill to lower the cost of insulin unanimously passed through the Health and Human Services Committee on Thursday in a 10-0 vote. This is a local Utah story. House Bill 207, sponsored by Representative Norm Thurston, will move on to the full house next. Blah, blah, blah. The legislation looks to cap insulin co-pays at $30. A Linder father said he wishes the legislation had been around a year ago. Tom Roiland said it could have made a difference for his family. 
Hey, bud, how you doing, Roland said as he walked up towards the gravestone and Linden Cemetery. He never expected to be there, let alone visiting his late son. Hard to believe it's been over a year. Thomas Jordan Roland, 38, passed away in December 2018. His parents believe he had been rationing his insulin. As a type 1 diabetic, Jordan struggled with the disease since he was 15. He didn't have insurance, so we didn't know he was rationing it until it was too late. Jordan was found dead in the garage. He was renting. Police told the Rolances that he had been there for days. Roland said his son was too proud to ask for help. Help. Well, because here, you know, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's what he was doing. Pulling himself up by his bootstraps and rationing his insulin. You know, here in this country, like Joe, Joe Scarborough says how we're, we're driven here. We don't need anything here. We don't need any health care or days off. We just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps until we're hanging those bootstraps around our necks like a noose. Roland said his son was too proud to ask for help. He believes his death was avoidable. Uh, as so do I, funny enough. I think there's no question my son could still be alive if insulin had been readily available. Roland is hopeful Thurston's legislation will make a difference for other diabetics in Utah. We have the ability to save people, he says. So, yeah, um, it's ridiculous. On And, of course, on Morning Joe, I always hear him go, uh, Joe, what's his face? I keep wanting to say Biden. Scarborough. Constantly go, oh, uh, my son's a diabetic, and um, I believe that we should make access to affordable health care. Like, fuck you, okay? If I hear again, that that's the telltale. It's sort of like when... Um, the Republicans, you know you're listening to a Republican wingnut fascist Twitler dupe when they talk about the Democrat Party. And it, that drives me insane. But it's the same thing on the other side. You know you're listening to one of the wine cave, trickle-down subsidy, uh, the, the useless, feckless... Democratic Party straddling the, the fence between what needs to be done and what they, they want for their own selfish careers. It's easier to suck uh, funds out of a billionaire in a wine cave than it is to actually build a party and a coalition with voters by doing the, what, the, what the people want, by being a representative of the people, by gauging your success not in how many times you get reelected and get to have your cushy health care and your lifestyle by but by how many of your constituents are able to retire or have health care or are living a decent middle class life that should be the gauge but this is a government that isn't that, that isn't afraid of its people they don't have any respect for us. They think they know how stupid we are. They designed the system to make us that way. It's like the superdelegates. And I was saying to this lady 
on Twitter, oh, oh, how it's like super duper extra democracy meant to unburden us serfs from choosing reps who aren't fond of wine caves because, you know, we're, it's really, they're really big of us. They're thinking about us, the superdelegates, because they're, they know we're too tired from living check to check to, uh, uh, to, to bother us with the burden of picking a representative of the people. They relieve us of that in case we pick somebody wrong. So, so generous of them to give us all that extra time where we could be participating in a democracy. Because if we were working a decent middle-class career or whatever, you had a, a living wage, and then we would... This is the whole point of having a functioning democracy and, a, and an economy that works for all. You're supposed to be able to fund your life in such a way that it, it gives you the time to participate in your community and civics and get involved and see what's going on and sit down and read the paper or whatever, not just listen to Morning Joe telling us how driven we are that we wouldn't dare take a goddamn sick day. But here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, you can't take a sick day because many of us don't get paid unless we go to work. So that's not a system that works. Anyway, what was the point? I was saying, um, oh, God, I went off on that tangent. I'll get back to it in a minute. In the meantime, here's something I found that was interesting, and it's all kind of in the subject of what we're talking about. This is from The Independent by Danielle Zolaner. Zolaner, yes. Zolaner, okay. As I was being eaten... I was thinking about my insurance. Okay. Woman who lost her face in a bear attack on why she's voting for Bernie Sanders. A woman still experiencing the aftermath of her injuries nearly 12 years after she was mauled by a bear has put her support behind presidential candidate Bernie Sanders largely because of his position on health insurance in the U.S., Elena Hansen, now 68, was on her secluded ranch in the southern part of California's Sequoia Mountains in 2008 when she was mauled by a black bear. The attack, which left her with extensive facial injuries and pain, was not the hardest moment for Miss Hansen. Instead, she said dealing with her private... Okay, let me say this again. I'm so out of my sorts. In fact, I haven't really slept in a couple of days. I've been so aggravated. Instead, she said, dealing with her private insurance company. That was the hardest. Okay, Blue Cross did not respond for a comment. Okay, Uh, literally, as I was being eaten by a wild beast, I wasn't thinking about Jesus or my family or my son. I was thinking about insurance. My insurance was not going to pay for this, she told the Independent. I had to make a calculus as I was being eaten. Do I want to survive this? This is what she was saying to herself. Not, can I survive this? Not, what am I going to look like? She added, I think that speaks volumes to the American healthcare system. Ms. Hansen, who comes from a family of doctors, said that health insurance and uh, what she dealt with in the aftermath of her bear attack 
is a substantial reason why she's put her support behind Bernie Sanders for the 2020 election. I would like to see a standardized single-payer system, and I am, have been for a long time supporting Bernie Sanders because of that. She said, people don't realize that there's a public benefit to providing reasonable health care. Sanders' Medicare for All plan would eliminate private health insurance and instead create a public health system for all Americans to use and pay into. The plan would reportedly eliminate premiums, deduct... I mean, it's all pie in the sky, though. What am I reading this for? This is just too pie in the sky. We can do anything except this. So when you're getting your face eaten by a bear, you're thinking, do I want to survive this? Because it's going to be... The surviving my insurance company is going to be worse. The financial burden of trying to have a life after a bear is eating your face off, you're, you're really thinking about, should I just die here? Is this better to die than to have to spend the rest of my life fighting with an insurance company to pay my bills when, how's this woman supposed to work? She's got to get on the phone and argue with a health insurance racket. The racketeers telling her it's in network, out of network. Oh well, you're you're there was some exclusion in your policy against bears eating your face off. Of course, there's some kind of fine print. Is there a fine print? Am I? Is there an? Is there some kind of copay, co-deductible, co-insurance, act of God? What I mean, whatever. This is what you're thinking about. That's what people think, though. That's exactly what they think. And this is why Americans needlessly die. Because they think, am I sick enough to go to the doctor? Does this warrant leaving, uh, you know, uh, giving myself a bill? Can I handle a bill? When you have Americans, 50% of the American people can't handle a $400 emergency in the system that Claire McCaskill is giddy about. She doesn't have to worry about a $400 emergency. Don't worry about it. Neither does James Carville, one of the architects of, of triangular... I can't even say that word. Triangulation. You know what I'm saying. I can't say that word. I could never say that word. That's why I tried to avoid that word. But Clinton, put it that way. What kind of a party triangulates I said it I had to get out really quick triangulates against its own people you realize what they're doing instead of having a government or working on policies that help people and I always criticize Republicans for and it's the truth though they suck of course they do but they don't get into government for altruism. They're not there to make the trains run on time or whatever. They don't care. I mean, if that happens, all it's all it's because, you know, it works out good for them. They they have to do some things. Look at what happened with Chris Christie in in New Jersey when they shut down the lanes on the George George Washington Bridge. They did that to the American people. People died. Ambulances couldn't get to sick people, take people to the hospital, well, to get their bills, you know. But 
that's what Republicans do. They don't give a shit. And of course, Chris Christie, oh, I didn't know anything about it. And they point down at the fall guys. And of course, the woman who took the fall for Christie says, of course, he knew everything about it. That's the kind of government he was running. But this is what Republicans do. Time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee. That's what they think of us, all of us. And that's what Mitch McConnell thinks of us. But what do you think they're thinking of us in the wine cave? They worried about the woman who's getting her face ripped off by a bear? Do they, are they th- saying how terrible it is that someone getting eaten by a bear is saying to herself, shit, can I afford this? Unbelievable. And they all know it. That's the other thing that makes me so despondent and really kind of hate this entire process. I knew I was going to hate the primary process. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Here we go again. Right? We had to deal with it in 2016 and before 2015, the whole, the whole rigged system. Of course it's rigged. And when they, on Twitter, they, um, all of the, the Stockholm Syndrome sufferers are like, oh, it's rigged. There, there goes the Bernie bots, the Bernie cult saying it's rigged. Of course it's rigged. Have you been paying attention? Of course it's rigged. Between gerrymandering and whatever else, it's all rigged for power. Is it not rigged? If it's not rigged, then we're living with a lot of effing lazy bastards. I know that's what Republicans like to think. Because if it's not rigged, then somebody explain to me why one-third of the American people can't retire. Is it just because they're so stupid and lazy? If it's not rigged, why is it that Americans are living check to check? How is it not rigged? Is it not, if it's not rigged, why are 60 billionaires funding Joe Biden's campaign? For shits and giggles? Because they like to hear him gaff? They like to hear him call somebody fat and challenge them to a push-up contest? Why are they b- bothering? If it's not rigged, why is Bloomberg... Why did Bloomberg... Because he's out of the race now, whatever. Who cares? Why does he think... He bought that. He got that. He bought that. I got that. And I'm sick of listening to the the effing um, corporate media go on about how, oh, Bloomberg's got this war chest, and now he can use it. He's going to run all these ads, and don't you see what's going on? The corporate media, they love this. They don't give a shit if Twitler wins or if Twitler loses, they're riding it all to the bank. They don't care who's dying, who's getting eaten by a bear, wondering about if I should live or die because of my insurance company, who's cutting their insulin in half, who's killing themselves tonight over the fact that they, they have a, a sickness that they can't afford or go, they're going bankrupt because they committed the sin of getting cancer. 
and they don't give a shit in this country and nobody cares? They don't care enough to change it? It's just too hard. It's too pie in the sky. Change is just too pie in the sky. When you're getting your face ripped off by a bear, that's just too pie in the sky to ask for a system that makes your first concern, I want to live. Not shit. Should I die because I can't handle these bills? Unbelievable. But, yeah, um, that's the system they're fighting for. It's not rigged. If it's rigged, if it wasn't rigged, then how is, how is it that the United States went from the most to the least upwardly mobile in 30 years, 35 years, 30 fucking 40 years? Who the hell knows math? It's like a blur. I don't even know what year it is. Period. I wish I could go into a a blackout. God damn it. Maybe I'll be f- I'll be peaceful there. Maybe I'll no, I won't. That's that's stupid talk. I've been in plenty of blackouts. It's not peaceful. Yeah. So let's here. Let me see. Let me see. Americans don't want good health insurance. They want good health care, she said. This is the woman who got her face ripped off by a bear. There's no reason whatsoever for the insurance industry to be in our public health system. Zero, of course. My face was ripped off. You couldn't even tell that I was a human being, she said. I had very extensive facial injuries and head injuries. The woman lost 14 teeth when the bear attacked, and the animal destroyed a large part of her face, including her nose, her eye sockets, and her upper jaw. Miss Hansen remained in the hospital for only one day, but the larger battle occurred once she returned to her 70-acre ranch and had to implore her insurance company to pay for treatment. They make their money by denying services, not providing it, she said. Their reasoning was, this is not reasonable or customary treatment. No, I was mauled by a bear. It tore my face off. That is neither reasonable nor customary. This is what these fucking ghouls said to this lady. Could you imagine being the person that works in that company? Um, you got to get on the phone. Hey, Jane, can you take this call? This, uh, this dumb bitch wants us to pay for the fact that she got her face ripped off by a bear. That's not what we're here for. That's expensive shit. Can't she just, I don't know, cut her insulin in half and die and save us, save us some money? This is expensive. How are we supposed to ride around on our, on our corporate jet? And have money to fund politicians in a wine cave if we're going to pay for this woman's effing face. She, I mean, it's not reasonable or customary. She's got access to affordable health care, but nobody said that included having her effing face restored after being bitten by a bear. Now I'm sounding like Claire McCaskill. What do you think, Claire? Claire would be like, 
Oh, my stars. That's so, that is so terrible. But you know what? No one wants universal health care because you have a couple of people who, um, you know, what about them? They like their private plans and they never got their faces bit off to not like it. Maybe if they all got their faces bit off simultaneously, they'd see the light. Sort of like Joe Biden. I mean, not Joe Biden, Joe Scarborough. You know, now he's all cares about insulin. People who cut their insulin in half, but he doesn't really care because he's got, his son's got his insulin, right? Right? What's your name? (laughs) James Scarborough. I forgot his name. (laughs) Right, James? This is Claire James, and I'm sitting here on MSNBC telling all these dumb bastards, don't get your face bit off because that makes the insurance company look bad when they don't pay a bill. But don't worry about it, you dumb sheeple, because we here on the corporate media, oh, we're not going to tell you about that story. We're going to tell you about a story about a, 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 a democratic socialist. Who's scary? Because he wants to change. He's a revolution. Like some kind of goddamn anti-American invasion of Nazis coming to give, give you health care. What kind of system would we be if people didn't pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get their faces sewn back on all on their own without pestering the poor, poor put upon health insurance companies who all they want to do is fund us in a wine cave. What's the crime in that? I mean, if these dumb bastards, if they were driven like Joe Scarborough says that we should be, what, this woman wouldn't have been walking around on her ranch to get her face bit off. She would be in work. She'd be working. She'd be behind a desk. She'd be saying, welcome to Walmart or whatever, whatever job, maybe on her third job. She'd be in her Uber. She'd be driving her Uber and she wouldn't, she'd be driving my ass around in her Uber and no bears. She'd just roll up the window. What's she doing walking around to get her face bit off? And then she bought the poor insurance company. Making them look bad. Well, you know what? It's, that's America for you. It's just terrible. We hate when people, we want them to have access. Access to affordable health care. That don't mean that that's a guaranteed face. You know what I mean? Anyway, she's currently on Medicaid and has to pay an estimated 300 to 400 dollars a month out of pocket for her ophthalmological care for her eyes for her eye care such as eye drops and special contact lenses but miss hansen has halted fixing other areas of her health like her lips her lip implants to improve her ability to eat and her teeth because Guess what? Who needs teeth? You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta count how is it is it worth it to eat? I mean you can always eat soup. 
You can suck on some jello for the rest of your of your godforsaken life. I've long since ceased trying to get anything fixed, she said. Now, if she lived in any other country, except here in the United States of Serfs and Lords, this would not be a consideration. Her face would be fixed. Her teeth would be fixed. She'd be, you know, taken care of. This is what they do. It's also, this is the other thing that I'm sick of, okay? Since we're on the subject of what I'm sick of. Uh, God, help me. Um, is the, not just we can do anything. It's the, that's, that annoys me too. We get up. We could do anything. I, gotta, I have to grab one of those clips of Joe Biden looking like a nut. Get up. We can do anything. We're Americans. Get up. They're always saying Bernie's yelling, get up. We can do anything except help each other uh, not have to worry about getting our faces, when we get our faces ripped off, whether we could fix our teeth so we can eat some shit instead of sucking on soup for the rest of our lives. But it's the Americans are so divided nowadays. I hear, I hear my friend Claire McCaskill constantly lamenting this divided country we're living in. Well, guess who's goddamn dividing it? When you have a country where some people get health care and others get nothing, they get dead, they get prematurely dead, or they get prematurely bankrupt, then you have a divided country. And then when you have media mouthpieces like Claire, like my good friend Claire, Go lamenting things like, or Willie Geist, oh my God, somebody, somebody please put together a montage of Willie Geist. I got to, I got to figure out how to do this, how to get all these clips, but uh, I, and I'll do it. There has to be every effing day, Willie Geist, how many times he says, People don't want to lose their private health insurance. What are you going to say about P Medicare for all? The, not just the price tag, but all the Americans, the people who don't want to lose their private health insurance. Every day going on about how people don't want to lose their private health insurance. Guess what? I guess the lady who lost her face to a bear would beg to differ. differ. Willie? What the hell? Does he have to... Does he, does he lose a bet or something and has to say, has to weave that into every conversation? People don't want to lose their have private health insurance. Who the fuck cares about private health insurance? Who cares? I have not met a single human being who says, I sure do love my private health insurance. I'm sure the lady who got her face ripped off by a bear was like, yay, Private health insurance. I love my private health insurance denying me care, denying me teeth and lips because it's just too expensive. That's not American. That's capitalism. You know, that's your capitalist face. So that's your homage to capitalism, lady. When you're walking around with no lips and deciding what soup you're going to eat today um, for the rest of your life. 
thank you capitalism because that's the only consideration here in the United States of serfs and lords whether you not you not you honey whether they somebody in a wine cave is getting bank if they they're making bank on your miseries that's the only reason you're around you got to pay those premiums but don't expect them to pay you when you get your face ripped off because guess what they're going to go through your contract they're going to be like holy shit this is r- unreasonable it is absolutely unreasonable to have to pay for health care i mean that's not what we're in the business of doing as blue cross blue shield aetna or whatever every other cigna every giant corporation guess uh, oh oh guess what super tuesday guess whose stocks went up through the roof super tuesday um let's see uh health insurance this health insurance racket stocks went they rose very high yesterday united healthcare Leads the healthcare stock rally after Biden's Super Tuesday victory because, oh, hallelujah, Willie Geist, the for profit health insurance racket. No one will have to lose their health insurance racket. They might have to lose their face, maybe a face or two, but at what price? Freedom. Is freedom worth? Your face, a couple of faces here and there. Not Willie Guy's face. Don't worry, it will never be his face. Or Claire McCaskill's. Their faces, they, it's, uh, it's like Lloyd's of London and George. Don't worry about it. They're fine. A strong showing by Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden because of what, re- for what reason? Because of Stockholm Syndrome and corporate media collusion and everyone uh, conspiring to undermine the only candidate who can beat Twitler and not just beat him, but shore up the democratic society in a way where another fascist will never rise again in our lifetimes and the lifetimes of our grandchildren. Someone who will actually address, well, at least we'll have a standard bearer on the right side of history, addressing the problems, attacking the real issues, undermining the very system that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us, like, or so many that Joe Biden continues to pretend to care about, like, oh, we're keeping us safe, protecting the troops, or whatever, when he's sending them to go die for some lie. But... A strong showing by Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden on Super Tuesday sparked a broad-based rally in healthcare stocks on Wednesday, sending United Health Group up more than 12% for its biggest one-day gain since 2008. Well, things are looking up, except everything's looking down for the those on the wrong side of the income disparity, you know, like the like everyone, like the 99%. Healthcare stocks have been 
rocket rocked each time rival Bernie Sanders has gained ground over the rivals for the Democratic nomination on his fears for Medicare for all. Sanders' proposal for, is for a national health care insurance, blah, 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 we know this. Biden is viewed as the safer pair of hands who has said he would fight to preserve the Affordable Care Act because it's the Republican plan and it's working so wonderfully, as you can see, that helped shepherd through his role as vice president to former President Barack Obama. In terms of our overall outlook for our stocks, unless there is a major shift in market conditions, Centene Corp, United Health, Umana, and Cigna Corp are set for double-digit top-line growth in the next three years. <laughs> Hoorah! Just don't get your face bit off, bitches. And don't ever, don't ever use it. You see, healthcare, everyone loves, they love, love, love those premiums and their private health insurance. They love the premiums. They love the co-pays. They love the co-insurance. They love being denied. They love getting kicked off when they they get canned and they have to, whatever, they got to, I guess, try to find another lord to serve here in the United States of serfs and lords or get on those exchanges while you still can and Put more money than you pay for your car, your mortgage, and your uh, your children's college fund for your own family, you know, in case somebody gets their face bit off and they have some insurance, but do not expect them to pay because that's not what they're in the business for. They're in the business to deny care and you know what? You might be one of those 500,000, um, I almost said 500, Americans every year who go bankrupt because of medical care. Or, hey, there's always GoFundMe and Cash App. Elsewhere in the sector, stocks of companies that are working to develop vaccines for the coronavirus we're all so higher. <laughs> USA, 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 USA. Do not pester the USA with your petty problems. USA, USA. Get your face ripped off. Don't pay. Don't expect to pay. It's the USA, USA. Now I'm losing it, you see. This is what <laughs> This is what happens. This is what happens. And I'm not, even when I'm alone, when the show's not, I'm like, USA. That's how patriotic I am. I just walk around going, USA, USA, USA. We could do anything. Get up, USA. Get up. We can do anything except what we need to do. Don't get any ideas. Don't get any ideas, dumb sheeples. Do not get any ideas about fixing this democracy. Forget it. Don't get any ideas about wresting the power of, of big moneyed interests out of our halls of power. Don't get any, don't get any ideas because they're here to stay. That's why, I mean... That's why you get out of bed in the morning. You're nothing but a cog 
in the machine, and this is the pantomime of democracy. You keep telling yourself, just like they tell themselves in, uh, you know, in, in North Korea, that they're the People's Democratic Republic of North Korea. I mean, obviously, it's a little bit more extreme, <laughs> a little, but we have our own delusions here. This is the pantomime of democracy. And the fact is, we are a class-based system, and the, the, the upper class is, has completely decimated the, the working class. They have won. The class war is over. We're obviously we're in a we're fighting, but they have won. They're winning, and it's not because you know it's um it's the everything that is against us. And don't think that the Democratic Party is going to save you. Because that's not what they're in the business of doing. They're in the business of keeping their cushy jobs and getting paid. Getting effing paid. I don't know what happened to them. Maybe somewhere they, uh, I don't know, you think maybe they got into it and they... They had some altruism. They were idealist, ide- ideologues, not or idealistic, not ideologues. And when they got in there, they started. They got corrupted. I don't know. Obviously, uh, some people like Republicans, like Chris Christie. He didn't get into public service to help the people. He is a liar. He got in there from the from the jump to to enrich himself and his friends. That's why they do it. It's sort of like, it's like the mob. The mob runs a racket. They get into, inside a, a company, you know what I mean? It's a smash and grab. They'll, they have a whole system of siphoning, of, uh, you know, siphoning the uh, profit out of the carcass of the of the corporation of of whatever of the companies that they latch on to you know what i mean the mob i'm talking about but it's the same thing this is what they're doing and let me tell you this is why i know that joe biden is the weakest candidate because we have not 40 years of his votes to save social security or his votes to stop war or his mission to, to bring people into Canada to buy their pills, or whatever. We can go on about the, the things that Bernie has been doing for 40 years. His Anita Hill, all his problems with, uh, with pe- of people not wanting to be touched by him. Of his, uh, yeah, the, on, the, on the chat, Senator from MDMA, he earned that. The bankruptcy bill. You can't if if you're a student, you can't declare bankruptcy on your student debt. Thank you, Joe Biden. All of these things is not going to get the American people, the low propensity voters, is not going to get them off their asses to vote. You ha- you're going to have Twitter. The Twitter cult is motivated, and they're 
they will do whatever the hell they need to do. They'll stand in lines hours and hours to save their their con man from the consequences of his actions. Like the everything, like like the like it's the way it's been his entire life. And then you will have Joe Biden. Of course, there will be people that will vote because uh, the people want to vote in the presidential primary. I mean, uh, the presidential election. It's a it's a national event. People will stay online. People hate Twitter, of course, but that's not going to pull him over the finish line. Let's catch catch us the in in the day of the election. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. And let's see after months and months and months of being hit with Burisma, 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 and Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden and the Social Security clips and the NAFTA in those in those counties. You think that the Republicans aren't going there? That you think and and they're they're uh, opening those festering wounds of NAFTA that haven't ever closed. This is why Hillary was not just. It wasn't just because the conservatives hated her. They it, they hate her in the Rust Belt because she helped create the Rust Belt. From the manufacturing belt to a Rust Belt. That's a, that's a disgrace. That's a sign of failure. But, yeah, what do I know? I've, I just tried to warn them in 2016. That's that's what I did. I remember saying to a friend of mine, she was like, oh, Hillary, Hillary, okay, great, wonderful. And I tried to do my part at the time. I had people on my show at the time that were pro-Hillary. I, I talked about Hillary. Of course, I voted for Hillary. And I, if it comes down to it, I will vote for Joe Biden. But I live in New York, so it's not going to matter. And yeah... It's everything's on the ballot. There's a high. These are the high stakes. But you see what they did to us again. You think the Democratic Party insiders? They as if 2016 didn't happen. They're showing us that they don't give a shit because either way they win. You know what I mean? If Twitter gets re-elected despite receiving fewer votes. They can fundraise off it. They'll still have their cushy jobs. They'll still have their media. Um, their uh, they'll still be booked on Morning Joe. They'll still. I mean, it will be better for MSNBC actually, because they'll be running ads. All these people will be running ads on MSNBC. Of course, they're they're gonna be. They're uh, they're already benefiting. They benefited from having Twitter. From 2016. And so it's it will continue for them. Then they'll they'll go into the outrage, how the outrage du jour about whatever whatever outrage he's doing, but they won't really they're not really reporting the the extents the extent of the damage that's being done. You don't see these stories. You not you don't see the story about the woman the woman's face getting her face ripped off by a bear. You know what I mean? They, they're not saying that on the corporate media. We're hearing Willie Geis lament again and again how everybody doesn't want to lose their private health insurance. And this is actually how I got on this topic because my 
original because I was saying the two things I hate the most besides everything everything Republican and half of the D and all the DLC Democrats. I can't stand the DLCers. This what, oh my God, uh, mid, third way, whatever the hell they call it. it's it's a ruse. It's a racket, another racket. But so the things that I hate are the whole get up, we can do anything. And the other thing is, we're so divided. Oh, we're so divided in this country. And when Pete Buttigieg says things like, could you imagine having uh, the, the election be between a d- divisive Trump and someone who wants to burn down the Democratic Party, the divisiveness of the... The, the burn down the Democratic Party... Um, how is it divisive to say, we're in this together. Will you fight for your neighbor? Will you fight for your undocumented neighbor, even though you are native-born? What's divisive about that, Pete Buttigieg? Will you fight for your whatever, your fellow citizen who has no health care, even if you have health care? That's what it's about. There's nothing divisive about it. But they're the ones who are divisive. They're the ones. The wine cave. The faux patriots in the wine cave. The ones who are clinging and propping up this broken system that has killed and bankrupted Americans for generations. Where Americans are working and, and not, not able to retire. Where we're the ones sacrificing our lives in this broken system that they prop up, that Pete Buttigieg is, there's nothing more cynical than somebody like him because he knows he's not stupid. He's playing the long game for himself. He knows he's sidling up to power, which is there's nothing more cowardly than that. Instead of standing for something, he's sidling up to the interests that have this, uh, this democracy by the neck, and they're choking the life out of it. Of course it's an oligarchy. Of course it is. When you have billionaires literally buying their way into an election, and these, folk, these fake Democrats, who, are, who if FDR was alive, he'd smack them with his, with his crutch. They have the nerve to get up there and talk about Bernie Sanders is dividing us. Bernie Sanders is the only candidate who's talking about leaving no one behind. That this is a country that we don't leave our our fellow citizen, our fellow American on the battlefield. Whether that be on the battlefield without health care, on the battlefield in ignorance, without a living wage, without opportunity, without a middle class life. These fake Democrats, they should be ashamed. There's nothing Democratic about them. We're the Democrats. They keep saying, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. I'm a real Democrat. Well, what the hell does that mean? That means you're what? What are you for? A little less? It's like what what Nancy Pelosi said. We want to reduce the role of dark money in politics. Reduce it. That's what they're for. Reduce it because it looks unseemly. Not that it's corrosive and destroying us. They don't give a shit. Not that 
they should be, you know, pulling the hair about worrying who's cutting their insulin in half. Oh, it's a, it's a good campaign talking point, but, you know, the best they can do is access to affordable health care. What is affordable when you can't handle a $400 emergency? When you have half of the country that can't handle a $400 effing emergency, what is affordable? And then don't tell me about dividing. Oh, we're so divided in this country. In this divided time, how are we going to whatever they say, whatever comes next, the bullshit line, because they're the ones dividing us, and they like to keep it that way dividing us they're the divisive ones because if they weren't trying to divide us they would say we don't leave people behind here that's how fdr set up social security to belong to all of us it's an american program whether you are rich or poor black white native american native born if you are an american you belong you pay into the system, and it belongs to all of us, and that's why they can't touch it. And it's the same thing with this effing Medicare for all and universal education and living way, all these things. It has to be presented as a patriotic imperative. Other than that, they're the ones dividing us. There's nothing more divisive than Willie Geist going on about how, well, if you have Medicare for all... You're going to have unions who have negotiated health care and they don't have, they won't have access to their health care plan. As if the, 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 the people who have, it's the, basically the, the line that he's peddling is, I got mine. Oh well, sucks to be you. Don't get bitten and eaten by a bear. I got mine. I negotiated for mine. You can go you can go eat Advil. You can go drop dead. Who cares? That's the that's the America that they advocate for in one breath while lamenting how divided we are in the next. Well they keep us divided. So here's an interesting well, I don't know how long. It's a long article, but I, I won't read the whole thing, probably. Maybe I will. Should I read it? Oh, it's this Chris Hedges article. I'm looking at the time. Let me see. I haven't paid attention to you guys tonight. Where are you? Where's my people? Where's the people? Haku. Hello, Terry. Hello, Andrea and Jim. Thank you for the super chat. Jim, the lone super chatter. How many people we got on this goddamn stream? And it is a goddamn stream. And Greg, Jabbermaki, and Chibi. Hello. Else214. Tamara, hello, hello. Daniel, of course, hello. All right, I see you. Canuck. Who else? Who else? Anyway, 
Hopefully we'll get some more people and more Super Chat. And if you are not a patron, become a patron. And if you are a patron, share the damn show with your friends and give the show a good review on iTunes. I know, it's like blah, blah, blah. If you want, hey, hey, hey. All I can say is this is democracy here. This is democracy because it's going to work or it's not. The show's going to keep going or it's not. It's not up to me. You know what I mean? It really isn't. Ultimately, it's up to the viewers and the listeners. Okay. Aristotle, Niccolo Machiavelli, Alexis de Tocqueville, Adam Smith, and Karl Marx grounded their philosophies in the understanding that there is a natural antagonism between the rich and the rest of us. The interests of the rich are not our interests. The truths of the rich are not our truths. The lives of the rich are not our lives. Great wealth not only breeds contempt for those who do not have it, but it empowers oligarchs to pay armies of lawyers, publicists, politicians, judges, academics, and journalists to censure and control public debate and stifle dissent. Neoliberalism, deindustrialization, the destruction of labor unions, slashing and even an eliminating taxes on the rich and the corporations, free trade, globalization, the surveillance state, endless war, and austerity. The ideologies or tools used by oligarchs to further their own interests are presented to the public as natural law. The mechanisms for social and economic progress, even as the oligarchs dynamite the foundations of liberal democracy and exacerbate a climate crisis that threatens to extinguish human life. Oh my God, that's... That's Chris Hedges, of course. I know, Tara Jr. Jr. He says it all. The oligarchs are happy to talk about race. They are happy to talk about sexual identity and gender. They are happy to talk about patriotism. They are happy to talk about religion. They are happy to talk about immigration. They are happy to talk about abortion. They are happy to talk about gun control. They are happy to talk about cultural degeneracy or cultural freedom. They are not happy to talk about class, race, gender, religion, abortion, immigration, gun control, cultural, and patriotism are issues used to divide the public, to turn neighbor against neighbor, to fuel vir virulent, vir yes, I'm saying that right, virulent, I can't talk, Some virulent, I can't, uh, my, sometimes my tongue just won't, uh, virulent, you know what I mean, hatred and antagonisms. The tongue, the, the tongue, <laughs> I was thinking of my tongue that was twisting. The culture wars give the oligarchs, both Democrats and Republicans, the cover to continue the, the pillage. There are a few substantial differences between the two ruling political parties in the United States. This is why oligarchs like Donald Trump and Michael Bloomberg can switch effortlessly from one party to the other. Once oligarchs seize power, Aristotle wrote, a society must either accept tyranny or choose revolution. 
Very, virulent. Virulent. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Jim, on the chat. He spelled it out phonetically. I just couldn't get it out of my mouth. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes we're, it's like they get stuck on our current girl tomorrow. I know, Junior. I know, my Junior. I know. I know. You're very good. How did you get so good? What's your secret? Just sit and listen to this wonderful story of the decline of America. The United States stood on the cusp of revolution. A fact, Frank, uh, a fact Franklin Roosevelt acknowledged in his private correspondence amidst the breakdown of capitalism in the 1930s. Roosevelt responded by aggressively curbing the power of the oligarchs. The federal government dealt with massive unemployment by creating 12 million jobs through the Works Progress Administration, making the government the, larger, the largest employer in the country. Oh my God, that's socialism. That's my commentary. It, it's, it's just not America. It's not democracy. This is just an aside. When you hear, this is another thing that annoys me, on corporate media you, all the time, you'll hear these oligarchs, these, these, these enablers of, and the enablers of oligarchy saying, well, that's not America. That's just not America. They'll talk about what's America. This is America. This is America. We don't want to pay for people who get their faces ripped off by a bear. This is America. They'll excuse whatever, it, whatever outrage, whatever horrible, immoral debasement of everything this country is supposed to stand for. They'll excuse it. Greed, selfishness, self-serving, sickle fancy to the billionaires in a wine cave. They'll, they'll just say, this is America. As if, you know, that's, that's it. That's the end of the story. Okay, yeah, the name of the article I'm reading is, uh, it's by Chris Hedges. It's from Truth Dig. It's called Class. The little word the elites want you to forget. All right, where am I? Where is I in this Roosevelt responded by aggressively curbing the power of the oligarchs. The federal government dealt with massive unemployment by creating 12 million jobs through the WPA, making the government the largest employer in the country. Like socialism. You know what I'm saying? It legalized unions, many of which had been outlawed. And through the National Labor Relations Act, empowered organizing. It approved banking regulations, including the Emergency Banking Act, the Banking Act, and the Securities Act, all in 1933, to, pre to prevent another stock, stock market crash. The Federal Emergency Relief Administration provided the equivalent in today's money of $9.88 billion for relief operations in cities and states. The Democratic president heavily taxed the rich and corporations. The Republican administration of Dwight Eisenhower in the 50s was still taxing the highest earners at 91%. Roosevelt's administration instituted programs such as Social Security 
and a public pension program. It provided financial assistance to tenant farmers and migrant workers. It funded arts and culture. It created the United States Housing Authority and instituted the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938, which established the minimum wage and set a limit on mandatory work hours. This heavy government intervention lifted the country out of the Great Depression. It also made Roosevelt, who was elected to an unprecedented fourth term, and the Democratic Party wildly popular among working and middle-class families. The Democratic Party should resurrect such policies. Oh, wait. Should it resurrect such policies would win every election in a landslide. This is what I keep saying. They don't have to pretend to be Republicans or act like Repub- like Joe Biden. Give me an effing break. God. The gaff machine. That's the other thing that don't do not count Bernie out. First of all, he's tied. He, he either leads Joe Biden in delegates or he's tied, near, nearly tied, or nearly tied, right? This is what I'm trying to say. And in spite of the coordinated, incessant attacks by the powerful, big-moneyed interests who own everything, could you imagine if, if uh, anybody or any of these interests finally turned its power for the people I mean, I do hope on some level, sometimes I hope like Tom Steyer would just endorse Bernie. He needs more, he needs some uh, allies. Are there any real patriots in this country? But this is what, what Chris Hedges is writing is exactly what we've been saying. Democrats, when Democrats act like Democrats, they will win. It doesn't matter if it's in the South, the North, the whatever, the uh, red states, the blue states, the green states, the purple states, who cares? Be a, an actual champion of the people. Represent your people. Enough. Enough with this, with this uh, divide and conquer. That's why they talk about gays or whatever, or well, a woman. Wouldn't you like a woman to be president? That's not really the highest... Uh, aspiration. Margaret Thatcher was a woman, right? Uh, um, who like um, it doesn't matter. Sarah Palin's a woman. A woman can be just as disgusting as a Republican man, or a DLC Democrat. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing with with uh, with that um, Buttigieg, that empty suit Buttigieg. He is, there's nobody more cynical than him. I really can't stand him. The, the thing that's more annoying about him, in my opinion, is that because he's so young and he's such a sellout, that it only guarantees he's going to be, he'll, he'll be propped up for generations. And we haven't seen the last of him, that's for sure. He's, he's so... I mean, here's the thing. I don't, I, I just, it gets me very depressed because I think when I watch him and listen to him, I, I say to myself, who is falling for this? 
Who believes this? Who buys this shit? This I feel your pain in the wine cave. Um, it's just the way he talks. His fake emoting. And he can do it in five languages. Whoopie-doo. That's all that matters, though, right? It's all about what's on the outside not what you're fighting for we just want a poster child what's the difference between this kind of politics that they're peddling and 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 uh joel Osteen? it's the same thing it's like the prosperity gospel for politicians they're peddling nothing a lie change change we can believe in and then oh no no uh two pie in the sky Real change is too pie in the sky. It's only pie in the sky when you're sold out. That's when it's pie in the sky. Instead, you would come to the people and say, this system is broken. Rich, the oligarchs, the big money and interest that Franklin, Franklin Roosevelt and Teddy Roosevelt warned us about have, have corrupted government. And this is what we are up against. Fight with me, and we can overcome this. We will get this country back from the brink. Back from the brink of oligarchy. Because what they're doing, and mark my words, they are reassembling the exact system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. Make no mistake, that's what they're doing. Where the rich run everything and own everything and they pass down their wealth to their undeserving heirs and they lord over us in a system that is set up to keep us in our place. And that's it. You'll get the, as much money. I mean, you'll get as much education as you can afford. You'll, there'll be silos of uh, the class. class. Yeah, you'll have the, uh, the corporate media mouthpieces will... Keep on pumping out the bullshit to keep you to keep you sated and and uh, and in the and part of the ruse, like the Heaven's Gate cult, where you're like, go and vote for the next wine cave. This is why, though the the white working class, besides, uh, of course, yes, they've done studies. A lot of it, they were driven by race. But who is dividing us by race? The Republicans do it openly. Of course they do. Because they got nothing else. They are actively working to destroy democracy. Of course they are. What, but what are the Democrats doing? Oh, they're not working to reestablish democracy or revamp democracy. Any step in that direction is too pie in the sky, we're told. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Mamma mia. Oh, thank you. Somebody super chatted, and I missed it. Somebody else. Let me see. Can I find you? Thank you, Chibi. Only one super chatter. Unacceptable. I shall change that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I agree. I agree. And Haiku, of course. Haiku is um, 
vital to the terror buster not only does he give super chats he is a patron and also the instrumental in helping me get the clips together for our youtube channel maybe one day we'll be a contender and we'll have a lot of followers who will support the channel and uh, in that way too and then we can do a daily show that's really the ultimate goal because you can't do this part-time. You can't fight fascism part-time. And a moderator. That's right. He's the moderator of the chat room. Haiku. So this is what I say. But that's how they do it. You understand? They do it to us. They don't want us participating. They don't want us. That They want you overworked. And they want you to tune out. To be so disgusted. That you pull the plug. And just say, forget it. I, I'm worrying about myself and my family. I can't deal with it. And hope you fly under the radar enough where you don't get be, you don't get eaten by a bear or something. And you don't get a serious illness. And you don't have to end up begging on GoFundMe for medical care or whatever it is. You keep your job or your, you know, things happen. They, it, it just works out. You hope that nothing, no crisis comes your way because you're living in a in the doggy doggiest country of all of our Western partners, that's for sure. And if you have to, what are you going to do, right? Go back to school or... And if you do, you'll come out as an indentured servant to the banks because that's what we do here in the United States of serfs and lords. You don't... You don't send, we don't send our young people or even old people to school to take them as far as their abilities or their interests or their dreams might take them. We take them and we make them indentured servants to the banks. You're not working for you. You're working for Citibank or wherever, whoever or whatever loan company is in hock. You're in hock to. How is that a successful you know, uh, recipe for democracy. How is that successful? When you're taking a generation, you've made them an indentured servant who can't declare bankruptcy, thanks to Joe Biden. So what do you think the young people who the Democratic establishment just said, "Mm, F you, go uh, drive an Uber. You're young. You don't have to sleep when you're young. Right? You'll sleep when you're dead. Drive your Uber, get your side hustle going when you're you got to pay your pay your pay the piper, man. In other countries you go to school and they they give you a stipend, you study, you you learn. You don't come out as an indentured servant. But here they're like, "Oh, I don't want to pay for a rich kid to go to school. This is the Republican talking points coming out of the Democratic Party. You know, the, de- the big Democratic Party who says, I'm a Democrat. I'm a real Democrat. You know, the kinds who peddle Republican policy. That's real Democrat now. That's what a real Democrat is. Not FDR. No, no, no. The real Democrats are the ones who peddle the Republican talking points nowadays. The ones who have secret meetings in wine caves. That's all, all well and good now to the Democrats. That's what it means to be a real Democrat. You say, 
I don't want to pay for a rich kid to go to college, even though we all pay for every kid to go to elementary school, rich or poor. They all have that right. We have that access. But you know what? Republican talking points, if they work, they work. It doesn't matter. That's what Republicans, if Republicans say it, when we, we have a d- Democratic Party that peddles Republican talking points and pushes Republican policies, what kind of Democratic Party is that? I don't know. And that, who says to who says to the only real Democrat, Bernie Sanders, who's really has the winning FDR strategy, that's not just a strategy. It's a it's it's a calling to restore democracy, to to bring it back from the brink, as FDR did. But you know, oh, he's not a Democrat. Okay, if that's the case, and I'm not a Democrat either, because I'm a I'm an FDR Democrat, but I'm not a DLCer. I'm not somebody who peddles. Republican talking points God forbid and when Buttigieg is out there peddling them and Klobuchar is peddling them and Biden's peddling them where what the hell is going on please we're so divided it's such a divided country what are we going to do Get a get a woman. We need a woman. We need a gay man to push Republican policies instead of a a white man. Well, we need a gay white man. Who cares? What's the difference? That's the change we can believe in. God damn it! Forget the what the change you can believe in. This is the change that you you can. That's the only change you're gonna get. You're going to get a nice, clean-cut gay man to to sell Republican policies to you after emerging from a secret meeting in a wine cave with billionaires. Who says, when asked, does getting money out of politics mean no more secret meetings in wine caves? And he says, no. Because he's full of shit, that's why. He's as democratic as Twitler in that regard. Yeah, oh, well, he's not, he can spell. He can speak, say whatever the hell. Uh, he can peddle his Republican policies in five languages. But if that's what you say is change you can believe in, then we're in trouble. All right, where we got, where are we? Let's see. Uh-oh. Here's a word I can't pronounce. Bet noir. But the New Deal was the bet noir of the oligarchs. That's true. Meaning, they hated it. They began to undo Roosevelt's New Deal even before World War II broke out. At the end of 1941, they gradually dismantled the regulations and programs that had not only saved capitalism, but arguably 
democracy itself. We now live in an oligarchic state. The oligarchs control politics, the economy, culture, education, and the press. Donald Trump may be a narcissist and a con man, but he savages the oligarchic elite in his long-winded speeches to the delight of his crowds. And this is me talking now. That's another reason Joe Biden will lose. Because, believe it or not, in this regard, Twitler has the moral high ground, even though it's a lie. He's full of shit. He's the oligarchy's poster child. He is their prince, their privileged prince, peddling their policies. But he keeps the sheeple in their place. He keeps them sated. He keeps the dupes from storming the Bastille because he pretends to be on their side. The Democratic Party, what does the Democratic Party do? They don't even pretend. They get offended at the word oligarchy. They, get, they go nuts. They, they get breathless in the defense of oligarchy. You can't say the word when Nina Turner called Bloomberg an oligarch and Jason Johnson lost his, his mind defending Bloomberg, who's buying his way into an election like he bought his way into a third term in New York City and bought the election in New York City by spreading out his money, by buying politicians all over town. And that was no secret. And Jason Johnson says that's not oligarchy when it's the very definition of oligarchy. Unbelievable. Okay. He, like Bernie Sanders, speaks about the forbidden topic, class. But Trump, though an embarrassment to the oligarchs, does not, like Sanders, pose a genuine threat to them. And it's exactly like what happened in Zuccotti Park. The Occupy Wall Street movement was a genuine threat Whereas that's why the establishment in the Democratic Party and the Republican Party will allow Tea Partiers to walk around and, and, and with, with automatic rifles in, in Washington, D.C., railing against government hands off our Medicare and shit like that because they know they're, they're, they're a bunch of morons and they are helping the establishment and the oligarchy. Whereas a movement like Occupy Wall Street and Zuccotti Park, and uh, that's why Bloomberg had to send the goons to break it up because it is a real threat. It's, a th- it's not a threat to us. It is something that could actually turn this country into, the, the, into uh, we, we might live in the second great prosperity, just like we live in the second Gilded Age. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I still have a slim margin of hope. I'm still donating to Bernie Sanders. I'm still doing all I can for him, for the movement, for the not-me-us movement. But, you know, I, I am, and I also hope, because here's the other thing. You, Joe Biden is such a... He's is such a horrible candidate, but they'll do all they can. I mean, the the media is going to be nuts propping him up, but you never know. Joe Biden is terrible. 
He is simply terrible. He had to get out of n- numerous campaigns his uh, for president because he's he plagiarized, partly. That's one of the things. I mean, there's so much baggage here. It's not even a joke. And, oh, God, this is why I'm not looking forward to a repeat of 2016. But anyway. Okay. But let's repeat. But Trump, though an embarrassment to the oligarchs, does not, like Bernie Sanders, pose a genuine threat to them. Trump will, like all demagogues, incite violence against the vulnerable, widen the cultural and social social divides, and consolidate tyranny. But he will leave the rich alone. It is Sanders whom the oligarchs fear and hate. The Democratic Party elites will use any mechanism, no matter how nefarious and and undemocratic, to prevent Sanders from obtaining the nomination. The New York Times interviewed 93 of the more than 700 superdelegates appointed by the party and permitted to vote in a second round if no candidates... If no candidate receives the required 1,991 delegates to win the first round, most of those interviewed said that they would seek to prevent Sanders from being the nominee if he did not have the majority of delegates in the first count, even if it required drafting someone who didn't run in the primaries. Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio was mentioned, and even if it led to Sanders' supporters abandoning the party in disgust. If Sanders fails to obtain the 1,991 delegates before the convention, which appears likely, it seems nearly certain he will be blocked by the party from becoming the Democratic candidate. The damage done to the Democratic Party, if this happens, will be catastrophic. It will also all but ensure Trump wins a second term. As I wrote in my February 17th column, The New Rules of the Game, Sanders' democratic socialism is essentially that of a New Deal Democrat. His political views would be part of the mainstream in France and Germany, where democratic socialism is an accepted part of the political landscape and is routinely challenged as too accommodationist by communists and radical socialists. Sanders calls for an end to our foreign wars, a reduction of the military budget for Medicare for all, for abolishing the death penalty, eliminating mandatory minimum sentences and private prisons, a return to Glass-Steagall, raising taxes on the wealthy, increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour, canceling student debt, Eliminating the Electoral College, banning fracking, and breaking up agribusinesses. This does not qualify as a revolutionary agenda. Sanders, unlike many more radical socialists, does not propose nationalizing the banks and the fossil fuel and arms industries. He does not call for the criminal prosecution of the financial elites who trash the global economy or the politicians and generals who lied to launch preemptive wars. Defined under international law as, a, as criminal wars of aggression, which have devastated the Middle East, resulted in hundreds of thousands of dead and millions of refugees and displaced people, and cost the nation between $5 trillion and $7 trillion dollars. 
He does not call for worker ownership of factories and businesses. He does not promise to halt the government's wholesale surveillance of the public. He doesn't intend to punish corporations that have moved manufacturing overseas. Most importantly, he believes, as I do not, that the political system, including the Democratic Party, can be reformed from within. He does not support sustained mass civil disobedience to bring down the system. The only hope we have of halting the climate emergency that threatens to doom the human race on the political spectrum, he is, at best, an enlightened moderate. The Democratic Party leaders are actually aware that in a functioning democracy, one where the rich do not buy elections and send lobbyists to Washington and state capitals to write laws and legislation, one where the danger of oligarchic rule is understood and partly and, and part of the national debate, they would be out of a job. The Democrats, like Republicans, serve the interests of the pharmaceutical and insurance industries. The Democrats, like Republicans, serve the interests of the defense contractors. The Democrats, like Republicans, serve the interests of the fossil fuel industry. The Democrats, along with Republicans, authorized $738 billion for a bloated military in fiscal 2020. The Democrats, like the Republicans, do not oppose the endless wars in the Middle East. The Democrats, like the Republicans, took from our civil liberties, including the right to privacy, freedom from wholesale government surveillance, and due process. The Democrats, like the Republicans, legalized unlimited funding from the rich and corporations to transform our electoral process into a system of legalized bribery. The Democrats, like the Republicans, militarized our police and built a system of mass incarceration that has 25% of the world's prisoners. Although the United States has only 5% of the world's population, the Democrats, like the Republicans, are the political face of oligarchy. Oh my God. The leaders of the Democratic Party, the Clintons, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Tom Perez, would rather implode the party and the Democratic state than surrender their positions and privilege. The Democratic Party is not a bulwark against despotism. It is the guarantor of despotism. It is a full partner in the class project. It's lies. It's deceit. Betrayal of the working man and woman and empowering of the corporate privilege pillage. I'm sorry, empowering of corporate pillage made a demagogue like Trump possible. This is what I say every single week. Any threat to the class project, even the tepid one, would be offered by Sanders as a party's nominee. We'll see the Democrat elites unite with the Republicans to keep Trump in power. And we know that because that's what they have said on MSNBC. They, we, they've had so-called Democrats on there and liberals saying uh, they would vote for Trump. Like Donnie Deutsch saying if, if Sanders was a nominee, he would vote for Trump. And he'd rather have Trump. And others saying that. 
What will we do if the oligarchs and the Democratic Party once again steal the nomination from Sanders? Will we finally abandon a system that has always been gamed against us? Will we turn on the oligarchic state to build a parallel popular institutions to protect ourselves and pit power against power? Will we organize unions, third parties, and militant movements that speak the language of class warfare? Will we form community development organizations that provide local currencies, public banks, and food cooperatives? No way. That won't. Americans will never do that. Because, you know, socialism, that's not America. Will we carry out strikes and sustained civil disobedience to wrest power back from the oligarchs and save ourselves and the planet? In 2016, I did not believe that the Democratic elites would permit Sanders to be the nominee, and I feared correctly they would use him after the convention to herd his followers into the voting booths for Hillary Clinton. I do not believe this animus against Sanders has changed in 2020. The theft this time may be more naked, and for this reason more revealing of the forces involved. If all of this plays out as I expect... And if those on the left continue to put their faith and energy into the Democratic Party, they are not simply willfully naive, but complicit in their own enslavement. And this is exactly what I've been saying all day on Twitter to all the dupes who are contacting me and saying, Oh, Bernie uh, cult. Bernie cult. Who's in a cult? We're the ones trying to save this country and you're the ones begging for a trickle from a wine cave sold out politician promising nothing will change promising that we're Americans get up you could do anything except what we need to do who's in a cult we're not in a cult we're we're the patriots on the front line we're the minute men and women trying to save this from the intergenerational aristocracy that have come here massed as our natural sovereign lords. We are learned in, 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 a, in a learned helplessness loop of this Democratic Party establishment telling us no one will love us like they will while they while they commit assault of all kinds of variety, economic, physical, social, dividing us. Of course it's physical. People are literally dying from their policies. And not that people don't die. That's the nature of life. We die. But... Their policies keep us divided and promote death in the name of the unholy dollar and their own privilege. That's why, oh God, I can't stand, I just can't stand Klobuchar and Buttigieg the, and Beto. Give me a break with this. All right. I'm trying to find the end of this article. Yes, let me read that again. 
the theft this time may be more naked, and for this reason, more revealing of the forces involved. If all of this plays out as I expect, and if those on the left continue to put their faith and energy into the Democratic Party, they are not simply willfully naive, but complicit in their own enslavement. No successful political movement will be built within the embrace of the Democratic Party, nor will such a movement be built in one election cycle. The struggle to end oligarchic rule will be harder, will be hard and bitter. It will take time. It will require self-sacrifice, including sustained protest and going to jail. It will be rooted in class warfare. The oligarchs will stop at nothing to crush it. Open, nonviolent revolt against the oligarchic state is our only hope. Oligarchic rule must be destroyed if we fail. Our democracy and finally our species will become extinct. I mean, nobody says it as succinctly as Chris Hedges. And he's exactly right. It's not hyperbolic to say our democracy and finally our species will become extinct because we're on that trajectory because of greed and denial. There are many of our fellow Americans living in denial. We have a lot of them in denial over the orange baboon squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. Then we have our Democratic friends and neighbors. I like Amy. I like Pete. You must be crazy. This is another thing I get from Twitter. Somebody says, you really think this is going to happen? You're delusional if you think that Bernie's going to change anything. Well, you're goddamn not only delusional, but you're, you're pathetic for not even trying. Nothing changes without effort. It doesn't change when you beg for a trickle. It changes. It, you start changing things by recognizing the problem. And if every single American, everybody who's registered as a Democrat, said enough, we're not going to take it anymore, then the Democratic Party has hope. I, I know that many of our fellow Democrats think that, yeah, the Democratic Party is irredeemable. I know many of them. They're like, no, it's I'll vote for whatever. I'm not voting for a Democrat. But I don't, I'm not... At the Chris Hedges point, I, I, maybe I'm delusional. Maybe I am. But I'm not delusional. I believe that there is a wing of the Democratic Party that is the FDR Democrats. That's the Sanders wing. That's the Berniecrats. We're the ones who are fighting for FDR's legacy, and we're fighting for this, for democracy and life on the planet, ultimately. And... It's not going to happen by not recognizing it. How do you push? Yes, of course. Here's the thing. I always say I voted for Hillary because I would much rather be pushing Hillary left than fighting fascism. But it's really a kinder, gentler fascism. We will not push any of these politicians to the left by enabling the corruption there is, it's not acceptable. 
it, it has to, it, we have to get to a point where being owned by billionaires in a wine cave is not acceptable. Period. End of sentence. That's what we're up against. And it's not going to come from the oligarchy. They're the ones who put us in this position. They're the ones who have the planet on the brink of destruction. That's capitalism for you. Unchecked, unregulated, greed-centered, at all costs, greed, everything be damned, capitalism devouring you, me, life on the planet, the, and, the, and the entire system itself. Nothing can stand in its way. If that's the if that's the only thing that is that matters in this country, then we're already we're already gone. So this is what we talk about here on this show. I know there are many, many other shows on YouTube, other liberals. Most of the shows that I listen to or see on the independent media are talking about this. I don't know, but we don't have, we don't have the platforms. We don't have the giant microphone, the, the, uh, to be amplified. And that's what has to happen. And we are also, you know, we cannot be deterred. We're on the right side of humanity. We're on the right side of democracy. I know. Yes. That's what we're up against. Uh, wait, let me get this cat over here. Guys, that's the end of the show. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta get unconscious. <sighs> All I can say is look at this cat here. Where is he? <laughs> He's cute. And he's little. So, I'm sorry, you're little. I know, you're also very nice. <laughs> he's very cute. He. This is what he does all day. He just talks, talks, talks. All right, listen, listen, listen. Listen, I keep saying that I need you to listen. Listen up, you too, listen. You guys... Make me want to keep going. I don't know. You do. I can't do it without you. I appreciate you. You are really the reason I get out of bed in the morning. I think of you. You think I'm kidding? It's not. I'm not kidding. It gets very depressing. Looking into the future. Seeing what's right before our eyes, watching the machinations of the big money and interest effing us for generations again and again and again. It gets very discouraging. But I think of you. I really do. I'm like, I'm not in it alone. We're in this together. We're not kidding. We stick together. We win. That is how we will win. We are on the right side of history, and we are on the right side of humanity. We're on the right side of democracy. We are the patriots, the real patriots who leave no one behind. 
We're not dividing people. We're capable of functioning in a democracy. But we, we cannot compromise with the values of, uh, of what it means to be a real American patriot. It's not okay. Secret meetings in a wine cave. It's not okay. It's not okay to be a little uh, corrupt. You cannot serve two masters. That's why the Democratic Party can lose. They will lose elections pretending to be the party of the people. Because you can't be the party of the oligarchy and the party of the people at the same time. It's, that's not going to work. So, I appreciate everything you do. If you can, become a patron. There are other ways. If you can't become a patron, please um, give the show a good review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. All of that stuff. Help the show grow. Because we have to get to a point where the show is sustained financially. That's the bottom line. It's the way it is. We don't have billionaires. That's the, that's the truth. I tell you. It's uh, You can look it up. The right-wingers, they don't got to beg on uh, for patrons because what happens is uh, billionaires come in and fund them like Breitbart. They give them $6 million. They open a townhouse in Washington. They hire a staff, and there you go. They got a, they got a propaganda channel churning out the bullshit to keep this country in the, in the, the death grip of oligarchy. So we're fighting against that, and we can only do it with the support of the patrons and the people who come to the channel and share the show and all that stuff to get the word out. If, you know, I mean, that's what it is. I will, I'll keep showing up. If the show keeps growing, if it gets to a point where it doesn't grow, we have to reassess. You know what I'm saying? That's how it is. But... In, t- in the meantime, I know it is what it is. You, we're, everything will, uh, you know, as long as we keep showing up, the, sh- the show keeps growing. It does. I am saying it is going in the right direction. Not fast enough for my liking because, you know, I ain't getting any younger. So... It is what it is. And we're, uh, we're, I feel very much the uh, pressures of time. I, w- I hope to live to see universal health care. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. But it ain't going to happen without a fight. So, all right. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Tara Devlin. This is Tara Jr. Jr. <laughs> Yes, fight the power. Fight the power, Junior. Yes. (laughs) We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m., usually at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. I hope to see you on Saturday night. And keep on fighting. Do not give up because we will win. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you very soon.
right. Good boy.